It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With me is Jill Ellsworth of Willow Industries. Jill, thanks for being on the Talking Hedge. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What is Willow Industries? What do you guys do? Well, simply put, we clean weed. So we invented cannabis decontamination, which means we get rid of any sort of pathogen, microbial, unfinished flower, mold, yeast, bacteria, E. coli, salmonella. Our ozone-based system can get rid of that, ensuring cultivators are passing testing, but also consumer safety. That's awesome. I worked on a, um, a project with the National Institute of Health that was a uh, hypochlorous solution, which isn't that easy to use. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I find it fascinating because there's mold, mildew, um, salmonella. There's all of these nasty things that need cleaning. And there's a ton of people out there who are just passing that on. Right. Uh, so you've got a, a phenomenal solution. What's been, uh, how well has it been received though? Do people really, like, really understand it or do you still have to educate and then sell? Lots of education. I will say though that we we're really early. I started this company seven years ago and we were so early. I mean, we were so early to the point that like no one wanted to talk about this, no one wanted to do anything about this. But it's great to see the industry adopt these types of practices, especially because, you know, as we start to move to federal legalization in the hope of whatever that ends up being, the the quality that's going to be imparted on the cultivations and the requirements there are going to be you know very challenging so we're trying to educate get cultivators ready for that um but at the same time ensuring that they're putting out the cleanest product yeah and the what really bugs me is the mold to gold philosophy where they're like if there's moldy bud or or um spider mite infested bud they're just going to throw it into a co2 extraction or whatever and then out comes this great product that no longer has mold and i've asked super smart sophisticated people and they all assure me that yes the mold is all gone it's all blasted but that's not i don't want to know that i don't want it so like if nothing else why not use your product first and then if you still need to blast it you can we have been championing that for years and no one's caught on no one's bought into that story because to your point extraction is essentially a kill step yes fundamentally it got rid of the mold it killed the mold spores they rendered them dead and there aren't viable spores that could get a consumer sick right but the issue is like if you put that product in you're going to get the less than stellar product out and so it's like why wouldn't you want to ensure like the best quality products going in and not flour that's covered in whatever you know so that, that, that actually has been a big uphill battle. So right now, we only work with cultivators. Okay. Um, it's, it seems like a fairly niche product that, again, like having to educate and then sell is really, really challenging. Um, but it should speak for itself. So when you're able to do demos and stuff, is it pretty like Americana where there's instant gratification? or like, oh, shit. Or, because it's hard to see. Right? I mean, right. you have to you have to test it and everything. So, what is that process like? The sales cycle is long. Yeah. Um, and but it's also getting the cultivator to be honest. That you know they can tell us that they are failing from these things, um, and they give us the opportunity to tell us tell them why we can help them, how we can educate them. But I mean, you know, to your point, all of that has been really hard, um, and. 
Right now, though, what we've seen is that you can't grow a commercial flower if you do not have a kill step in place. So whether it's willow, which is ozone, or radiation, cultivators are using something. Because you can't just, like, grow clean. You can grow clean and have good SOPs, but you still need a process at the end to ensure compliance. The Hypochlorous Solution product that I was working on back in the day uh, turned into um, not a weak bleach, but saline. And so if you saturated the flowers, it would leave this salty residue, which then would look like powdery mildew. So then yeah. perceptually, you have this issue where they're like, I don't want that. I don't want to buy that bud because yeah. it has this powdery mildew on it. I'm like, no, let me just clean this off real quick. It's fine. So we, we went through our own issues and our own uh, fun uh, problems. Do you have anything like that where an ozone is leaving um, a residue behind that you have to explain, or is it just fairly organic, or what does the application process and aftermath look like? So it is organic, but with ozone, there is essentially a cure process afterwards because ozone sticks to the resin on the flower, and then it needs to degrade back to O2. And so what we do, what happens sometimes is that cultivators will still have that ozone scent that is masking the terpenes, but they haven't done anything to the terpenes. It just needs to degrade. So that's, you know, that I think is a drawback of ozone. It's so effective and it's so amazing and it's organic, but there is this process that it, it like lingers a little bit. Um, for a couple days, but then that goes away. But you know, cultivators are like, oh my God, what's happened? It's all gone. It's like, no, no, it's there. It's extending the shelf life. And so that's a really awesome benefit of our systems is that, yes, we're killing mold, but we're also extending the shelf life and protecting um, the terpenes and cannabinoids within that product. Is there um, a use for this in, in the hemp world? I mean, obviously, I think if, if you have the same outdoor environments, you could, but does it work for any uh, organic matter? Yes, it does. However, with hemp, I mean, you know, the volumes are so large, so it, it would take a while for our systems to go through that. But then secondly, hemp growers are not regulated the same way. They don't have to test the same way as marijuana growers. So um, there's, like, really not a need right now. Okay. Even though I like to say yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's, that's fair. What about um, the demand? Where's the demand coming from? Do you have a particular region, or is it is it the new people who don't know what they're doing, or is it the older people who are like, we're going to grow from the cheapest way possible, and therefore there's all these other side effects like powdery mildew, mold, mites, whatever. Um, where I guess I'm kind of asking you to infer on the data why they're using it or whatever, yeah. but um, where are you seeing the demand? Well, that's a great question and one that kind of evolves and ebbs and flows, you know, different seasons and throughout the year. Um, we're seeing a lot of growth on the East Coast because you have all these newcomers coming into the market and saying like, well, I know how to grow cannabis, but I don't know anything else. So let us educate you on that. I mean, we still see a lot of old school growers in Colorado call us because they're failing tests. Um, something we see in some of the legacy states is that with this, um, you know, buildings get older and contamination kind of builds up. Again, to your point, you don't see it. So now we start to see growers calling us about like, well, I've never failed and now I'm failing and like, what's happening? Um, and then states continually change and add and evolve their testing regs. So with that comes a lot of demand. You can have the best system on the planet, but on the West Coast, I'm from Seattle, 
we, we saw a few years ago, I think 2018 was the first time when Eastern Oregon had fires and the mold spores were being pushed by the fire. And so they were flowing in, in, in the air or whatever and being pushed through a lot of the filtration systems. So you have a phenomenal system, yet Mother Nature's got a different uh, agenda in pushing mold spores onto your beautiful product. And that caused a lot of issues and therefore shortages because they didn't have a solution. Yeah. So it seems like this is kind of like, you buy a Band-Aid not because you plan on like getting hurt, but as like an insurance. So do you kind of have this as like a backup to say no matter what you do, you don't always have control and therefore you should have this this product available? Absolutely. I mean, because you never know what's going to happen during your plant's life. To your point, they probably didn't realize like the fires are going to impact mold spores and then that was going to be forced onto the flower. Or within indoor cultivation, what if one of your cultivators touches a flower with their bare hands? Like, you don't plan for these things and contamination just occurs all the time. So like, yes, have something like this on site as your insurance policy. Okay. And if anybody wants to learn more, find out where it's at, availability, and all of that, where they can get more information from? Go to willowindustries.com. We have a very robust website, lots of education materials, but then our sales team can walk you through the best system for your needs. Okay, perfect. I think with that, we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Jill Ellsworth. She is with Willow Industries. Jill, thanks again for being thanks on The Talking Thanks for Edge. having me. I appreciate awesome. it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.